Hello, everybody. It's uh, Terry Neild again with the podcast from Lesson from the Living Room. Uh, this week, we're going to talk to Andy Kay, who's going to talk to us about his Grow Model video that he just put out. So, Andrew, welcome. How are you, mate? Andrew. Andrew. Yes, Andrew. <laughs> have I done something wrong? You have. <laughs> That's the first time you've ever called me Andrew. What's that all about? I don't know. <laughs> What if Andrew K learning and delivery development bloody yakety whatever it is, yeah, it's a ridiculously long title into <laughs> AKLD will do. I'll do. How long have you been coaching, Andy? I I remember starting to learn how to coach when I first became a team leader at Barclays Mortgages, and that would be in two thousand. So it'd be twenty years. I can remember doing um you know like you do your your assessment for the job you'd like you go and do this this practical assignment yeah. type of thing and i can remember being observed doing some coaching with somebody and i can remember having a piece of paper with a g and a r and an o and a w next to it to remind me to ask questions and i probably just read out so like the, like i did on the video read out some questions to this poor person who then answered them and then probably thought that i was a brilliant coach at the end of it so i reckon it's about yeah I started doing it then 20 years and then I think the 2002 was when I did my first I think I got a certificate in uh, performance coaching through Newcastle College distance learning yeah. and then I did a another qualification a business coaching qualification but essentially it was the, the same sort of so I got that qualification in 2002 2003 so I think 20 years is how long I've been using this particular model the grow model anyway 20 years that's a long mm. time. That's good, that is. I mean, mm. it's not that old, is it, really? I think it was mid-90s when it was brought out by yeah. John Whitman. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, why grow then? Where did it, where did, do you know where it originated from? Why is it so good for you? I'm, I'm a sport, Billy. You know me. I'm, I'm sat here in Middlesville Town Top, um, although I do seem to be wearing just solely acrylic clothes for the last lockdown <laughs> 38 days i don't know about you but i've just worn acrylic stuff yeah i keep looking in my wardrobe and looking at shirts and going what are those things there <laughs> um how do you put them on i think there's for two reasons one it's dead simple mm. and i know david Whitmore, Whitmore in, in in subsequently said that he wasn't that enamored with the grow model even though he invented it and, but it's simple and it came from sport now i'm, I'm a massive sport billy love my sport and i love learning that you can get from sports i think that the reason that it appealed to me was that it's got it's simple it's got four areas you can ask whatever sort of questions that you want on the back of it as long as you relate in some way shape or form to, to the model you can go wherever because you know me structure when you and I work together, we, we sort of go with the flow of the room and we can break off and do this. Yeah. And that's something you can do with the grow model as well. So I think it's the, the structure, the simplicity, the flexibility, and the fact that it's it's derived from, from sport. I think he worked with David Henry, who I think was a 400-meter runner, um, yeah. an Olympic 400-meter runner. And I think th those are the things that, that, that stuck. There's loads of other models, isn't there? But that's the one that, that's always particularly been easiest for me to use. So if you just go through the model, then it's goal, reality, options, and way yeah. forward. Okay, so tell me about goal. Yeah. What, what's goal all about? Why, why is that important? It, well, it's, it's always the one that the person who sits down in front of you, or you're talking to over the phone, and, and you and I, we do a lot of our coaching virtually, as, as you know. 
it's the one that they they never get right first so it's it's the most important bit it's you've got to have a, a purpose to the conversation haven't you yeah so for me people will always sit down and the, one of two things will will be going on <laughs> they'll either want to to get somebody else to do something which is yeah. which is almost impossible i can only coach the person that sat in front of me or they'll think what they want to work on is not actually the thing that needs to they need, we need to talk about so when people sit down what i'm listening for in the goal part of it is trying to work out what the conversation's about but i'm also trying to find out if they're trying to get somebody else to do something or like i need my boss to do this or one of my team is behaving like so and so and i want to make them change well i can't coach the person who's behaving like so and so i can only coach you so i'm looking to, to tie it back to the person who sat in front of me but also usually it's not the thing they want to be coached on or they need to be coached on and i think my job as a as a as a coach is often not to trust that they know what they want to be coached on and i'll be honest about that when i when i sit people down and we have a conversation i'm i'm not going to believe what you tell me and we'll explore in the reality for whether actually it is what you need to be coached on and then we'll, we'll work from there so it's, for me it's the point of the conversation but it's often the bit that takes the most time to to get clear about what it is that you can do and often coaching gets people think that it's uh it's it can take a long time and it can because that's the bit that takes the the length of time getting to the real what do we really want to talk about here so give me an example then what do you mean by having a come with a goal what they think they need but they actually need something else give me a, a real laugh example <clears throat> So, so, so typically it'll be like if I relate it to myself um, when you were when you were my mentor for for moving from being employed to being self-employed it wasn't about the process of handing him a notice with whoever it was or setting up a bank account or working out what it is in my sales and marketing plan it was actually the confidence confidence that I needed to do to believe in myself that I could actually make this happen that's what I needed to be coached on and that's what you helped me with yes we did talk about the sales and marketing plan yes we did talk about how to to generate business but actually the deep rooted thing that I needed was some help was with was the confidence so often it's uh, like people sit down and say you know I want to I want to I want to lose weight I want to stop smoking or I want to stop doing something that I don't like doing there's something else that's just a symptom of something else that's going on for them that they're, they're not they're not addressing so the reason that they they smoke too much is because they're not confronting a difficult situation or the reason that they eat too much is, is the same sort of thing so it's getting beneath that and asking the question you know so, so why is it important what is it you want to do about it what happens things are going well you know you, you get to a point where people your job's to knock at I call it, uh, people will throw boulders at you. When you sit down and talk about the, the goal, they will often throw a boulder in the way of doing something about it. And that immediately tells me there's more to this than meets the eye. And that's where the questions will come from. So in your, in your mind then, for the goal, the coach's real work comes from understanding what the real goal is then. So it's not yeah. just the, super, the, the top level one. It's about two or yeah. three layers below that to enable yeah. the level one to come at some point ahead. Right. Yeah, and it, and it might be that you 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 coach around one thing, and then in the next session, the 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 light will have come on, and they'll come back and talk about something else. So when we're talking about you know making my time management, but the time management is a problem for me. But actually, it's the fact that I can't deal with my boss who is 
forever ringing me up and getting me to do things that I always say yes to. So the, the root of the time management is, like, is my lack of assertiveness. It's not the fact that I don't do a to-do list. That's, that's the real problem. My favorite and the next part of the model is the, the reality piece. Uh, and my favorite question in that is, what's really going on? You know, we talk about this and whoever else is involved and what's going on and, and how we feel about it. But on, it's that honest question, what's really going on? Why yeah. are you not doing something about it? So it's, it's that. The reality for me has always been about the real time. What's happening right now? So don't tell me what could happen. Don't tell me what's yeah. happened in the past. Tell me what's happened now. Yeah. Where are you right now with regards to getting this, this goal? And then, like you say, it's, it's almost as if that the real goal will come out possibly in that bit. And you have to start again. Yeah. Back to G again. Don't you have to go back to the goal and just start through that? Yeah. How could you know, draw me a picture? Where would this happen? All those kind of things. I fully expect to start with G, go to R, and then go back to G. Yeah. 99% of the coaching conversations I've, I've, I've had with people, almost every time I've done a demonstration, you'll have done this, you know, when you've taught coaching with people, you'll do a, a coaching demo, and I'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, I would love to see it, love to see it, great, 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 great. And you, you sit there and you do the thing, and you always go, right, what do you want to talk about? And it'll be one thing, and then you'll end up going back to G after you've talked about the roof for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Because you can really, people go, oh, hang on a minute, yeah. And, and that, it's not about me deciding that's going to happen, but I think they take themselves there with, 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 with the right type of question, really. Good. What kind of clues are you getting that you need to go back? The body language, facial expressions, you know, Joe Navarro, who you went to see speak in, in, in Manchester, that, that TEDx, uh, that book that he wrote, uh, what everybody is saying, people are leaking all the time what's going on. So as well as I'm, uh, one of my things that I will do all the time is write down what people say, and I'll look to bounce that back to them, the words and phrases they've actually used. Uh, sometimes I show on the piece of paper, or oh, you said the word blamange. What does that mean? You know, <laughs> where does that come from? I don't know where that word came from now, actually, but it, it'll do. It's an example. It's, so it's it's about uh, holding the mirror up often is going, right, so my job is to, forget, to get you to look at what you've just said and what you've just done mm. and what your body language is telling me because you, you can be saying one thing, but your body language will be screaming the other stuff. And John Navarro's book is a brilliant way of, um, helping to unlock what people are, are really talking about. I've witnessed coaches who can't stop asking questions, although that's our mm. job. How mm. would you counter and how would you countermand that? How would you get around that? Too many questions. Yeah, so uh, Yorkshire phrase is ask one question and shut my gob. Right. So when I'm doing a, a coaching demo for people, that's something I will always try and stick to is ask one question because you'll see the uh, some of the. the People who interview on the telly honestly drive me up the wall. The Chris Evans, the Jonathan Rosses, the people, even the, the people on the one show, they drive me up the wall because they're bloody awful at asking questions. They'll ask three or four in a row. They'll ask loads of close questions. Ask one open question. Begin with a what or a how. They're your two best friends when you're coaching. Start your, two, your questions with those two words and then shut your gob and give your client a good listening to rather than a good talking to. And that's, that's the, I guess my ethos really is to try and make sure that that's what I'm, I'm always doing, asking one question at a time and then responding on the back of it. Nice one. I've, uh, I like the phrase silence is golden. I know it's a great song, 
But mm. when you're a coach, De- silence is golden. Please don't sing it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not sing it now. <laughs> but silence is golden. You shut up and you yeah. wait for them to break the silence because it might be that question yeah. that you don't want to listen to. Yeah. You might put some barriers up. But if you just stay quiet, they will yeah. come down. Yeah. I, I find a little nod of the head sometimes when they're, when they're cogitating. Just a little nod as if to say, I'm not saying don't. But I'm expecting you to answer the question that I've just asked. I mean, if you've made an absolute horlicks of the question and then start they're going, hey, what did that mean? Then by all means, have another go. Yeah. But give it give it a little bit of chance for it to for it to land. Don't immediately assume because you've got that that furrowed brow on your on your, your customers, your clients first, that the question hasn't hasn't landed. Often it's generated thought, which is what I think the coach's job is, really. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that that waiting enables you to actually observe better as well. So it's benefit mm. for you as a coach as well, just to see what mm. kind of reaction is going on. Yeah. yeah, nice one. So goal, reality. Next one's being options. What do you mean by options? Where does that? It's about creating potential either solutions or non-solutions. An option is always to do nothing about it. So I think you've got to, one of the first things you need to do is, is establish whether they actually want to do something about it. Mm. And the, uh, you can be as creative as you like in the options piece, and, and I love it. The, like one of my favourite questions is, uh, you know, think of your favourite person in your family. What would they tell you to do? Favourite member of the family doesn't sort of peer at them at one side and go, you should do this. They actually think of it from another person's point of view, but the person sat in front of you is the person who's doing the thinking. Yeah. So the options piece is to generate original thought or maybe generate original thought about previous thought. If that, So I've always thought about it that way, but now I'm thinking about it this way. You can, you can do all sorts of different ones, um, hypothetical ones, paradox ones, you know, uh, what what would happen if we how to make the situation worse is a is a paradox one reverse brainstorm is a good a good thing to do at this stage because we're hardwired for danger so if you can get people to think about the problems that they've got and the dangers that might be around their situation and then think about the opposite of those dangers you start to create an action plan that's mm. full of positive stuff but we we find it really difficult as human beings to be creative so i try and go the other way let's get disruptive how can we make the situation worse and then if you do the opposite of what makes it worse that should make it better uh, so we can go off and try that test it out come back and talk about it again but yeah the options piece you can you can be as as wacky as you like you know do what you like try and make it worse try and make it even better you know you, you grant them mystical powers you've got these mystical powers you've got power time you've got control of time you've got control of money you've got control of effort mm. what would you do what would you, do? you just you can make them the lord and master thing and just have a bit of fun with it it's probably the most enjoyable bit of the um the conversation usually at this stage lots of laughter you can get at this stage because i think laughter is a good thing at, yeah, at any situation yeah. how many options do you think would be the right amount to choose from uh, that's that's a great question. I think for me, it depends on the person who sat in front of you, because some people will want every single option they can possibly come up with. One person might be only able to think of one. So I I would I would often push to see if I can get another one. You know, I think I once asked somebody what else six times before they, they threatened to punch me in the face. <laughs> um, so I'm reading my customer at this stage. Yeah. Am I really? Sometimes people can't process it i think you've got to go with what your customer and your clients thinking and feeling but that is situational sometimes people want to dump everything on a piece of paper sometimes it might be just just getting one so i'm not sure there is an optimum but going in with the, the, the thought that 
if they can't come up with a solution, that's okay. That tells you something about the original problem. So that's a good shout, uh, actually. Yeah, I'm trying to get about five max for me when I'm coaching. Mm, mm. That gives yeah, I think too many might be. Yeah, like, you get an action plan that's unwieldy then, and they go away. Yeah, of course I'm going to do that, and you can you can see them thinking, no, I'm not. I've no idea where to start. So yeah. yeah. Good shout, good shout. So we've got options, we've got loads of options. We've done them brainstorm, um, you've got magical unicorn, all that kind of stuff. Now that to me the key <laughs> the key element for it all is the way forward. So talk to me yeah. about the way forward then. What what's that all about? So, so it's always divided into two bits for me, this. <clears throat> I don't call it way forward, I call it will, because there's there's two bits to it. It's the what will you go away and do? So what's your action plan? And almost like a, a project management approach to it. So what will you do? When will you start? When will you finish? How will you check in? What support will you get? So that's the first half of it. And then the second half is how much will do you actually have away and do it? Are, are you just telling me a lot of stuff that you think will get me off your case? And if that is the case, we probably need to go back to the beginning and go, what, was, what do we really want to talk about? And I've done that before. I got right to the end and gone, so out of 10, how likely are you to work, work, go away and do this? Oh, four. All right, okay, why is that then? Oh, well, we're not thinking about it. I actually don't want to do anything about it, which is good as good as an outcome of a coach conversation as a massive list of stuff that changes somebody's world. Yeah. For me, it's about helping people to understand what's important to them as a, as a coachee. So there's the, the will to actually go and do something about it. And you're also testing your own will as a coachee to, to provide the, the support and the accountability because if you part of your role that often gets missed out of the grow model is not to let them walk away with a list of actions and then not hold them publicly accountable for it so one of my final questions is is always when can you let me know how you're getting on and i'm looking for them to tell me in maximum two weeks down the line how they're getting on with it and if they are getting on with it fantastic we keep and build the momentum if they're not something else has got in the way that we've not thought about yeah. then we can build another plan in. But for me, the, the bit that often gets forgotten about any sort of coaching is that the role of the coach changes after that conversation into somebody who who's there for them to be accountable to, but also maybe supported and, and guided by. So I think that's it's important to, to let them know that you're there and yet you're watching and you've got an expectation that they'll actually do something about it because you almost change from question master to, I can't think of, gatekeeper is something i've got in my head i'm not sure that's the right phrase but you're i'm going to hold you accountable i'm not going to let you pass to the next gate until you've demonstrated that you've done what you said you were going to do and if you haven't done it we understand why. cool now then you said something about two weeks why my no longer than two weeks or because i think it's just easy for it for it to drift so short sharp regular conversation rather than say, oh, a month if somebody wants to put it off for a month that's telling me they're probably not going to do something about it if they come back if you had a conversation in two weeks and they've done one thing then you've got a bit of momentum that you can start to build on it leave it for a month or drop off the, the agenda and it doesn't have to be a, a massive update a spreadsheet with actions logged on what have you it can be just yeah i've had a conversation with terry i've spoken to frederica you know and, and i'm and i'm on with this i'll let you know a week on Thursday, how I've got on with that. And it can take just that length of time. It doesn't have to be another hour-long deep dive into the, the, the outputs of the, the last conversation. Fantastic. Good. So we use Grow Model. 
how do you get your guys to hold themselves to account? Tell me more. What do you mean by the question? So what other tools are they? What, how can you get them to stay on top of their way forward, their will? How, how do you do that? I know you see the come back to you, but what other ways yeah. are not available? What day-to-day stuff, so you're not going to be there for two weeks. Yeah. What kind of things can you get them to, to think about to do whilst you're not there? I think that they've got to look to other people for support. Part of your role as a coach is not to be just the only person they go to. I think you've got to make sure that they, in the options piece, who else can help you is one of the questions that you, you, you might want to ask. Mm-hmm. Who else can perform a different role for you? Um, I think it's the, the, it's often getting them to write stuff down for themselves. Journaling is, is a good thing. I think you can do it by email. You can get them to, to email to be you, be anybody. Uh, but looking around for, for another network of support people is is key that the coach isn't the only person and often there are other people involved in the uh, situation that they're working with so i think it's getting them to look at who who else can form you know that what's his face um the guy john cotter who's done the that, that change model that three yeah. stage or eight stage change model you know cotter's yeah. change model he talks about getting people in at the beginning of the change who will form sort of an army that will drive it forward for you so it's working out who is going to be in there army that will help them move forward and, and drive them onwards so who's responsible for the change then that they're going to is it yourself they are. they are they are it's for me it's not the coach's responsibility and often when people become coaches that's the most difficult thing they think they're responsible for this the solution and for making it happen because that you know people come to you for, for help and you think that help is to give them a direction and, and a way to do things and it's not that's the absolute opposite of what what grow model or any sort of coaching is about it's about helping people to construct their own solutions because they're far more likely to put them into practice than if somebody else tells them what to do you and me both know if we tell each other what to do we usually ignore each other and we go off and do what we would have done anyway so but i'd far rather we did our own solutions and, and learnt from it than than not because people telling each other what to do how many people actually do go away and do what other people tell them what to do if they've got a bit of an idea themselves about what to do and usually they don't they do their own stuff brilliant so what do you think is the greatest skill a coach can bring to the grow model listening yeah simply listening giving them a good listening to celeste headley did a brilliant TED talk about how to have a conversation and in that she talks about you know you'll often get taught as a coach to put to to match and mirror and and all that type of stuff uh, and as she as she says says that's crap if you go into that conversation knowing what your role is which is to listen to your person in front of you and help them to understand the question themselves and fully commit to it you don't have to do any of that. Oh, Terry's got his hand on his face now and he's looking like that. Got his head tilted to one side. Because while you're thinking about that, you're not listening to what they're saying. Yeah. So make a choice to be fully committed and just give them a good listening to. And often, um, you did this for me yesterday when we had a conversation over WhatsApp, didn't you? You yeah. listened to what I was talking about. You asked some questions and I coached myself through something <laughs> without adding anything in myself. Yeah. So you gave me a great listening to virtually yesterday. And I was able to come up with my own solution, which I've then implemented. If you'd have told me what to do, ah, uh, 
what to do with that. <laughs> so, what does he know about we, that? He doesn't know. What does he know about that? He's not me. He's not, don't know what it's about. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for me, listening and curiosity. Be curious. Mm. Ask the right questions. Listen in for those key words and look at the uh, body language like you just said. No, I think I, often people get, get hung up on, on asking the perfect question and asking the right question. And I, I will always try and ask the best question that I can in a particular situation. And sometimes it takes me down the conversation down a route that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, I think I'm not sure I've ever asked the right question. I've just asked the best question that I could at that particular time. Yeah. Um, so for me, I know what you mean about the right question and you are correct in asking the right question, but often brand new coaches, if anybody's listening to this and he's a brand new coach, they might put themselves that pressure on asking the right and worrying about getting the right question. Yeah, I suppose There's no well, formula to it other than following the, the model itself. Well, I mean by the right question, I'll, I'll quantify that by saying that you've listened to what that person said and yeah. you're putting it back to them rather than mm. the question that you think you should be asking. Yeah. You're, you're actually listening to what that person said and going, yeah. oh, what that question that I've been formulating for the last 15 minutes, waiting to pounce. <laughs> that's gone now. That's yeah. the moment yeah. I've got to ask this question because they've moved past that. So that's what I mean. Yeah. Be ready for that right question. Listen and ask it at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. It stayed in the in the mole and not and not being the guy who who's who often the coach can be the rescuer. You talked about the drama yeah. triangle in in your your lesson from the living room. Often the the coach can drop into being the rescuer and provide those solutions because why wouldn't you want to? Somebody who needs help is sat in front of you and is asking you for help. So why wouldn't you provide that? Would why wouldn't you offer those those suggestions? Well you wouldn't do that because that one that's not the role of the coach and two all that happens is you create a cycle of addiction for me so whatever you're telling people what to do because you're formulating in your mind the right answer for their solution is this they will get they feel good about it you get uh, dopamine oxytocin and serotonin in your brain which is brilliant the coach gets that same hit so what happens next time that person wants help they're going to go back to this place they got pleasure and what they believe to be help from but actually they then don't go away and do it so it just becomes this virtual cycle of people feeling good for half an hour and then going away and doing nothing about it so i think true coaching the right questions as you say are based on what that person has just said and not about sometimes it's really difficult to switch off your solutions so like somebody says comes to me and says i want to i want to go running instantly i'll start creating a list right so monday thursday saturday probably your best days to be and i'll start and i'll start in my head i'm going and i know i'm doing it i'm thinking shut up be a coach man don't be that boring runner man let them produce their own solution they're far more likely to do it than than if you tell them what to do Brilliant. Okay, thanks, Andy. Right, I'm going to wrap this up then from Lessons from the Living Room. I think that's been a brilliant conversation on what the role model is and actually what coaching is all about as well. Thanks ever so much, pal. Have you anything else you want You're to welcome. say? No, mate. Just for, for anybody that wants to, to do it, just look it up on the internet. It's there. There's loads of it. Give it a go. Go in with the intention of asking great questions and listening and you'll be fantastic at it. Brilliant. This is the end of this uh, this week's podcast. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And if you want to get back in touch, give us a shout on our uh, LinkedIn page on Lessons from the Living Room 
or colin at 3rts.co.uk. All right. Cheers, everybody, and goodbye.